Elizabeth's story, though brief in the New Testament, is astonishing. But before we get there, I want to go a different route. I want to start with the innkeeper. The innkeeper? What does that have to do with Elizabeth? Just go with me here. All beginnings in great adventures are peculiar. Many times, those beginnings seem tedious and without drama. Some great adventures start in places the characters are grateful for, but hope to never experience again. This is true for my wife and me. The first apartment we ever lived in was really not an apartment. It was the basement of a condemned house with a makeshift bath bathroom. That is to say, it was one small step above a sink and a hole in the ground. It had a bedroom and a living space for a couch, a stove, and an oven. Now we started there because the price was right. Today we are thankful for the experience and even joke about surviving that year, but we never want to do it again. Many Christmas pageants portray a rough beginning for Jesus, too. His mom and dad are looking for a place to stay in town, but there's no room in the hotel. Enter the mean and grouchy innkeeper. He's the character that takes on the brunt of all of our sour emotions. There's just one problem. We've made him up. There is no innkeeper mentioned in the Bible. Go ahead. Look it up. It's in Luke chapter 2. He's not there. Author Mike Glenn writes about this in an article titled, A Place to Start. He says, we assume that if there's an inn, there must be an innkeeper. And if there's an innkeeper, he must be a bad and hateful man. But what if that isn't true? What if the innkeeper was a good guy who was just trying to make the best of a bad situation? Hey, since we're making up the story, we can make it up any way we want. Work with me here. What if, when the innkeeper realizes how pregnant Mary is, he decided that his crowded inn was no place for a new mother and her little baby boy? What if he covered the hay with quilts and blankets and made his stable as safe and as warm as it could be? For Jesus, the stable in Bethlehem may not have been an award-winning hospital or a five-star hotel. Jesus never asked for any of that anyway. The only thing Jesus was looking for was a place to start. Nothing more, and a stable in Bethlehem was a place to start. Abraham was 75 years old. Never mind, he was a good place to start. Moses wasn't very confident in his leadership skills. But that was okay. He was a good place to start. Peter wasn't much of a disciple, but he was a good place to start. Christmas is about a place to start. Now, I like that. Christmas is about a place to start. And this is where Elizabeth comes in. Liz was Zachariah's wife, and she was the one that gave birth to Jesus' older cousin, John. He became known later on as John the Baptist. We read of Elizabeth's experience in Luke 141 through 45. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary and the baby leaped in her womb, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit 
And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Why is this granted to me? Elizabeth's joy matches that of the baby boy inside her womb, who both recognize the one Mary is carrying. Joy is one of the most bizarre things we encounter in the Bible. The word seems innocent and light enough, but it is fully charged with all of the spiritual electricity that a word can carry. Karl Barth once famously said, it is astonishing how many references there are in the Old and New Testaments to delight, joy, bliss, exultation, blessedness, and rejoicing, and how emphatically these are demanded from the book of Psalms to the epistles of Paul. It shouldn't surprise anyone that we would come across joy in Advent. I mean, come on, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let every heart prepare some room for this joy. But alas, it would be foolish to think that we are all at a place to receive joy. So many of us are suffering and grieving that it almost feels insulting to say that we should be joy-filled people. Yet that's the very reason that joy is so bizarre. Almost every context where joy is mentioned or expressed comes with attachments. For example, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 1.6, For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Now the word translated as affliction is from the Greek word philipsis. It means intense emotions. Now I'm guessing that more than one of us have adventured this Christmas season with some intense emotion. Yet that's the exact word attached to the joy that the Thessalonian believers experienced. C.S. Lewis wrote about his own life and titled the work Surprised by Joy. He explains that he never expected joy to be his companion through certain suffering in his life, yet it showed up. Now his friend and fellow author J.R.R. Tolkien of the Lord of the Rings fame helped him more than anyone else to understand the surprise of joy. In his last book of his trilogy, he explains the joy of the story and he says this, the surprise of joy is not escapist, it is not fugitive, it is miraculous grace. It's the sudden joyous turn. It does not deny the existence of sorrow or failure. The possibility of those is necessary for joy to be the joy of deliverance, but it can give to the child or a man who hears it when the turn comes, the joyous turn. It causes that man or child to catch his breath. It gives him a beat and a lifting of the heart as joy. What a precious gift to receive this Christmas. The arrival of Jesus does not deny the existence of your sorrow or failure. I believe Elizabeth understood this. I mean, after all, she was barren and of advanced years. Yet she found joy knowing that the Messiah's arrival meant everything. The king who arrived in a barn because the world around him had no room for him brings deliverance. When he breathed his first, mankind caught our breath because of our sudden joyous turn. It is at this season, when some of us find ourselves at our lowest, that God shows up in miraculous grace with both a meek and thunderous voice saying, surprise, what a gift, and it's yours to embrace.